no matter how many pacers you have, no matter how big your running group is, once you tow the line, it's an individual sport. It's just you against your mind. Mm -hmm. And if you can take control of your mind and apply that self-discipline and that dedication, you could do anything in your life. And so I found ultra as being a training ground for myself in my own personal life, causing my, my mind to be mentally strong. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey guys, David Terrio here. Um, Welcome to the Run the Riot podcast, and I hope you've been enjoying these podcasts as much as I've been enjoying putting them on and just interviewing these amazing, amazing people. Hey, I want to encourage you to make sure and subscribe to the podcast. If you're um, you're on iTunes, uh, be sure to give it a rating, man. Put a review on there and share it with others, man. I want people to hear um, these amazing stories from amazing people doing amazing things. So, So do that, man. Today we've got uh, a man by the name of Ben Light. Ben is a good guy. He can be found uh, really helping other runners out, pacing, working aid stations at some of the 200s. Uh, he's done a he's done a lot for the ultra running community, but he's also done some pretty amazing feats uh, that we're going to talk about in there. And he's got some pretty big things planned. And so we're gonna we're gonna dive into some of those things and talk about the mindset of ultra running. We're going to talk about his journey right now to become fat adapted uh, to help him on some of these things that he's got planned. So yeah, I hope you enjoy the little conversation that I had with Ben Light. All right, today on the Run the Riot podcast, we have a a man who's who's really interesting, who's done some pretty amazing things, but he's a he's a humble guy. Um, he's a good guy. Uh, his name is Ben Light, and uh, so Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thank you. So Ben came on the radar for me. I was um, I was running the Tahoe 200 for the first time, and I remember just um, at some of the aid stations. Um, I'm <laughs> talking to my wife about it and she was telling, Oh, you're doing well. You're, you're here. And, and kind of tell me where I was in the, in the lineup and everything. And she said, there's some guy named Ben light. Who's like way behind everybody else. And so, um, I had no idea, um, who this Ben light was. And so after the race, Ben light was still running and, um, he ended up finishing a little bit after everybody else. So I, I had to look this guy up and found out, that Ben, you ran the Wasatch 100, jumped on a plane, and then did the Tahoe 200 back to back. Yep, yep. <laughs> that was the uh, that was the plan to <laughs> run them. They, I never, I was never able to run the Wasatch 100. When I got into ultra running, everybody asked me, "Have you ever ran Wasatch 100?" Being from Utah, and I said, "No, it lands the same day as the Tahoe 200," and I've ran it the last three years. And it came to my mind that they land on the same day, but doing the math and knowing my my uh performance level and how fast i can finish the tahoe i felt that there was time to get both of them in by the finish line and so i put that plan into effect huge and i'll definitely put a a link to the video man huge logistics logistical challenge just to be able to to go from one to the other huh yeah yeah (laughs) just just you just you connect the dots with a with a plane (laughs) nice 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 well um and and after kind of looking into you know some of the things you've done i mean previously you did you did the triple crown uh, of 200 right yes yes 2017 the very first year of the triple crown uh yeah i completed the triple crown yeah and i may need to pick your brain on that man because uh i'm looks like i'm in for it for next year and uh yeah, don't know what I'm getting myself into since I've just done the Tahoe. <laughs> well, it's a, <laughs> it's a life-changing experience, and it definitely uh, there's there's it's it's an it's an incredible experience. It's an incredible like, humbling experience coming out the other side. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just seeing what the what Mike McKnight has done this year, boy, that that's a uh, that's that's a challenge there, man. He's <laughs> he killed it. He did. He did. He's. He's a humble guy and he's worked really hard. He he finished the Triple Crown the first year with me. Um, okay. He actually uh, ran Bigfoot with me. And uh, upon finishing Bigfoot, I 
I just told him that he needed to go for the full thing because he had he thought about it, but then the thought kind of passed. And I told him, you need to go for the full thing. And and all said and done, he he won the first year of the Triple Crown. And now uh, two years later, with his performance level just increasing, he just absolutely crushed the Triple Crown and each one of those races. Amazing. Amazing. Well, um, so Ben, I, I've seen you, um, we, I saw your name there for, for the Tahoe 200, you know, and, and found out what you were doing this amazing thing. And then, um, I remember at Western States this year, I just, I was one of the lucky guys after, uh, two years I got in. And so I was super, super psyched. And, uh, at the, the, conference center where we were doing the uh i think it was the crew um orientation kind of telling you know the crews how to do i i saw you there and i was like that's ben light that's the guy you know it's the one that did these things and and so um uh the next time we we met up was uh in the dark um you were following right behind me pacing uh uh pacing a runner um just just out in the middle of the course out there right yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so Dion Leonard is just not, you know, any, any runner. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was definitely going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This guy, this guy is not any, any runner. He's a powerhouse himself. And, and yes, he is, he, uh, he did the triple crown 2018 last year. And, um, uh, I, I got to get to know him and meet him on that triple crown. And then we became really good friends and I came out to pace him and he was, in the middle of doing the Grand Slam and Lead Man all together. That is a huge, huge summer. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and, and the, the kind of small world that we live in. Um, so I, when I realized it was you and we kind of introduced ourselves to each other in person on the trail, and then I heard uh, an accent your runner behind you and see i met dion uh running the tahoe 200 in 2018 we ended up on running a probably about 15 to 20 miles together um and so it's just kind of funny i you know met him at tahoe 200 and then end up you know meeting him on the trail uh <laughs> out at western states so that was pretty pretty awesome pretty yeah similar. yeah it's it's funny how our paths cross in this uh sport of ours well well ben one of the things that that uh I brought up your, your pacing there is, um, you're kind of all over the place. Um, uh, not only running and we'll, we'll talk about some of the things you've got going on, but, but, uh, but just helping, helping folks out, you know, helping other runners out and stuff, man. Um, that's, that's huge. Um, you, you feel like, I mean, is it mostly just, just people, you know, or people you've kind of just kind of come into contact with or, or people you've known a while or, you know, what drives you to, to help so many people out? Well, my, so without long story short, my barriers within ultra running were completely broken down by helping someone out. Uh, her name's Lauren. She's from Georgia and she was running the Tahoe 200 the very first year and needed pacers. And I was just connected with her through a mutual friend. And at that time I had only ran 30 miles, my first 50 K and uh when it was all said and done me being her only pacer that actually showed up i ended up pacing her almost 100 miles so just right there that blew my mind that uh i was able to even do 93 miles if you would have asked me the day before to do, pace 93 miles i probably would have said no i'm nervous you know like a lot of excuses a lot of my own personal barriers thrown up. And then two weeks later, I paced another friend of mine for 50 miles at the bear. And so those two things really opened my mind. And it was another friend that influenced me to actually sign up for the very next year, the 2015 uh, Tahoe 200. And his example of, of just not, you know, overcoming those, those fears of failure, you know, cause that's what holds a lot of us back. Mm. So, I'm I'm grateful for the trail running community just because the entire trail running community is all about service and giving back to others, helping each one of us strive to uh, break down our barriers, push past our limits. Because mm. no matter how many pacers you have, no matter how big your running group is, 
once you tow the line, even even before you tow the line, even on in your training training days, it's it's an individual sport. It's just you against your mind. And mm-hmm. if you can con- take control of your mind, you uh, and apply that self discipline and that dedication, uh, you could do anything in your life. And so I found ultras being a training ground for myself in my own personal life. Um, from a, you know, causing my, my mind to be mentally strong. And so helping others overcome their personal limits and their barriers and pushing, you're, we're just creating a better world. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're, we're creating better humans. Um, and, uh, it's just, I like to be involved. I get more out of helping others, I think, than obviously others helping me. Like I, 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 I appreciate the opportunity. So I try not to ever turn down any opportunity from people reaching out to me and asking for help because the knowledge that I've gained is, is from me reaching out to other people's. And it's, it's kind of like that, you know, pay it back or pay it forward, however you want to look at it. But it's, it's kind of like we all are hand in hand and, and working together to, to make ourselves better people and individuals. And then also, yeah, a better community. Yeah, I, I I love when 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 people just ask, you know, when they're exploring, when they, you know, when they ask about shoes or ask about just whatever, you know, training and just to be able to encourage them. And and probably like you, I've, I've had so many people that say, man, I could never do that. And and I I I, I can with all seriousness. I can tell them, yeah, you can, you know, you can don't put limits on yourself. You know, if you put in the, the work and, and the time. Man, we've got some huge capability, you know, that God's placed in us to to do some amazing things. We just have to do it, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. Look at it, look at Mike McKnight that just won the Triple Crown and he just finished first in all three races. Crazy. It wasn't it wasn't a few years ago that he actually broke his back and um, was told that there's a good chance that he might not run again or he's not going to be able to run for for a few years. But like. It, it, his determination of of not letting that hold him back and not putting that limitations and those barriers on him, all he did was just take really one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward. And every day trying to progress better than the day before. And here, five six years later, he's he's now on top of the two hundred world. He's he's the guy to that you want to you know pattern your training after and see what he's doing and. And stuff like that. And uh, I met him actually at the Bear 100 when he DNF'd, and I was gave him a ride to to get back him and his pacer a ride so they could get back and you know uh, get their cars and stuff. And I told him that that was the first year I, you know, I finished the Tahoe 200, and he picked my brain. <sighs> Here we go, two three years later, he's he's running with me at the Triple Crown, and he finishes it. And two years later, now he's winning all three races, almost you know, beating, uh, Courtney DeWalter's time, you know, it's just, you can't, you can't put limitations on yourself. How many different people out there listening, even to your podcast right now has the potential to be the next great one, but it's up to them. It's not up to anybody else in the community to tell them that they, that, that they have it. And it's for them to discover what, what their potential could, it is, you know, and it's all done through you know, believing in themselves and through hard work and discipline. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, so Ben, when, when you're preparing for something like this for, for a triple crown or even just for a hundred mile race, or we'll talk a little bit about some of the things you got going on uh, for next year, but what is your, your philosophy in training? Do you, I mean, do you do a lot of cross training? Do you just, just run, just do trails, treadmill? What, what, what's your training look like? My, my training, my training is like really all across the board. It all depends on what event I have coming up. I try Mm -hmm. to, I try to train event specific, but then I also try to listen to my body. Um, doing something is better than doing nothing. I like to, you know, throw that out there and, uh, we all are trying to balance our lives. So it is so important to make sure you take time for your family, take time for your spouse or your significant other. Um, and take time for yourself. And if that's within training or outside of training, but to balance all those things, especially your work, not to let yeah. your work falter. 
And uh, a lot of athletes, even top top athletes, are still balancing a lot of things in their lives with work and everything. And so no one's the exception, but um, getting it in when you can and being consistent. So there was times in my life that I was waking up at three in the morning and hitting, uh, you know, a fives or eight mile route around my house. Um, there's times that I get, you know, I go into the uh, gym. I do a lot of uh, stairs, the stair, uh, stair machine and uh, treadmill. I'm a big believer in dialing in some my nutrition and working on my incline, um, uh, try, trying to kind of build my VO2 max on the treadmill yeah. with uh, steady intervals of incline and speed intervals. And so uh, there's a lot of things you do, but, and then very most importantly is to do some cross training at least once to twice a week. Uh, you have to build your upper body and keep your core strong um, especially in a 200 mile race. I don't know if you experience this, but towards the end of the 200 mile race, you can definitely tell someone who strength trains and someone who doesn't just by their posture, just yeah. by the way that they carry themselves. If they're falling apart, a lot of that has to do with, you know, st uh, muscle integrity and structure and, mm -hmm. uh, strength. And so, uh, and you don't have to lift heavy weights. I've gone way far from that. I'm, I'm more on body weight style exercises, bands, uh, kettlebells, mm -hmm. anything that's going to strengthen those balancing muscles and also your lateral movements to keep your hips strong uh, for the long haul. Those are, you know, so important. So uh, I do, I do, I go to the gym. I try to get outside at least two to three times a week if possible. Obviously mm -hmm. winter months becomes a little bit more hectic but then then again i actually thrive in uh colder colder environments just because i just feel my body temperature is like way hotter than everybody else's yeah <laughs> that you you you're in utah right yeah i'm in yeah. utah so it gets it gets yeah. fairly cold up here it gets, i mean it's no it's no running here i mean we've already had a couple of snowfalls already but not down to the valley floor but up in the mountains already Oh man, that's crazy. I'm I'm from Louisiana originally, and uh, I live in Oklahoma now, and we still don't get much snow around here. So that's that's foreign to me, man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it would be a it was a cool novelty to to run in some snow at a uh, Western state. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's funny you 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 talk about uh, core and weight training and uh, or just body you know, body weight training and doing different things like that. I, I talked with uh, Sally McRae and, and she, I mean, you guys almost said the exact same thing, you know, about keeping your hips strong and your core and, and all that. And, and that's something I've, I've always tried to do for, for a couple of reasons, stay in the gym a couple of days a week. Um, because number one, if you just run all the time, I will shrink to nothing, you know, and, and, and be weak and just, you know, be strong at running. And, uh, I, I, I think, Kind of like in life where we look for balance, I think physical balance is real important with running strong, you know, um, running through the woods, running down the trail and just just feeling strong, you know, not uh, not feeling like you're going to break if you hit something, you know, or if you fall. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, and I, so with that being said, um, talking about balance, talking about strength training, you're you're kind of doing a, I guess it, I guess we call it an experiment right now with, with your training, uh, specifically with your, with your diet. Um, you are working on, on getting fat adapted, right? Correct. Yeah. I actually, I, uh, I got really sick at my Wasatch Tahoe, um, at, on the Wasatch stage. And a lot of it was due to obviously, um, the heat and and some and in taking a little bit too much salt trying to cap counteract the uh the cramping and heat effects and just kind of spiraled down from there but um what i was trying to do is become have my body process glucose more efficiently and in doing so i i i succeeded at that i'm very good at processing glucose i can eat you know from mile one to mile 100 just fine and everything but what happens is is i'm super carb dependent and i've had uh, i'm really good friends with zach bitter and jeff browning and uh now and michael mcknight and if you and those are three examples that i want to use because there's actually you know a good handful of elites that are 
actually doing more of a fat adapted style nutrition plan and training plan. Mm -hmm. And what it's allowing them to do is utilize their fat storages, which is a larger uh, storage capacity than your glucose storage capacity, your glycogen. And if you can utilize it, you don't have to take in as much glucose while you run. That means one, uh, you don't have to carry as much food and two, you don't have to actually digest as much food, which could cause uh, stomach irritation and, and stuff. And so it allows you to make sure that you have good GI in, uh, throughout a race and less likely to get sick. And, um, and so after a full year of, you know, them talking to me and doing research on this diet, I've, you know, I'm pulling the trigger on it and, uh, it's very humbling. It's, it's, it's recreating my entire nutrition plan. I'm, I'm still in like the third week of it. Yeah. And, uh, so right now I'm, I'm what they call phase one. It's kind of like a keto hard reset. So, uh, really I have, I'm just taking in, um, no more than 50 carbs and that's not counting, you know, some people deduct the fiber from their yeah. carbs that's right. 50 total carbs so without oh, okay so it's it's very it's very low and i'm still trying to watch my calorie intake so i'm not so i'm not uh so i'm still you know balancing my calories and trying to get the right percentages of fat to protein to uh sugars because if you get too much uh uh protein a lot of people think oh i'm just eating steaks all day long you're keto mm -hmm. you're just eating. no you can't do that because the steak is protein if you eat too much protein then your body will turn the protein into glucose and use right. it instead of the the fat so you have to limit how much protein you put in so you have to get good fats and we're not talking about like just you know crap we're talking about like avocados we're talking about yeah. like coconut like uh, nuts just really really good fats that's good for the body. And then you're intaking the only carbs that you're intaking those 50 carbs should be coming from whole food, such as, uh, like, um, like plants, um, vegetables and stuff. There's no fruit right now in my diet. Not, not, it's not till phase two and phase three, but, um, just vegetables. So it's a really, uh, I'm finding it's a very healthy diet. I'm pretty, pretty i'm pretty impressed I'm, a lot of people think that you're just this carnivore just devouring <laughs> sausage and bacon and and <laughs> eggs and cheese and stuff which which you are to an extent but there's a balance in everything you can't just gorge yourself or you know yeah so yeah so it's 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 gonna be i'm pretty excited about it um if i can you know use less fuel out on the trail and concentrate and, and still have that, those energy supplies and running with Zach. I've ran with Zach many times and we'll go out on a 20 mile run and I'm devouring about 1200 calories and he has just water and it's kind of frustrating because <laughs> he, he, he runs so fast. There's no time to eat when you're with him. And so if yeah. you, you have to like, Hey Zach, uh, could we go to a walk real fast? I need to, I need to put something in my mouth and chew it up or I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to be, you're going to be scraping me off the trail. And so it's the same thing with Mike and the same thing with Jeff. So like it, there's something to be said and I watched it and witnessed it. And so now I'm, I'm trying to share my experience through my social media and I'll, I've, I've never had so much interaction through my social media as until I've gone keto uh, um, and this fat adapted strategy. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, like I think a lot of people are taking notice to this diet that there's something to this. They're watching all these top level athletes kind of perform and you're finding out that they're, they're, they're pretty much fat adapted, even though they don't talk about it too much. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, um, I, I'm enjoying watching. Uh, thank you for, for posting it because uh, I've been, I've been eating more or less keto for the past, uh, I guess the past year. And then for the races, uh, I call it dual fueling, you know, um, yep. you, you take your carbs in and you just, you burn, you burn both. And I can tell when I, when I've been really good with, with my diet before the race and when I haven't, I can definitely feel it, you know, <laughs> um, you can tell a huge difference. Well, so you're in, you're in week three. Did, did you, have you experienced any kind of, um, like the keto flu or anything like that in your first week or two? So I, I think I, 
I slightly experienced it. Uh, it was crazy. Like, so at, at, uh, just this last weekend, I mean, I hadn't up until this last weekend and, um, this last weekend I was the aid station captain out at Moab 240 for, uh, one of the aid stations early on. And then I went out to, uh, crew and pace Mike, um, on the second half of his race. And, you know, when you're, when you're aid station, when you're running an aid station, you're not really thinking of yourself the entire time you're thinking of other people. So you're not eating the best or you're not yeah. eating at all really. And you're just, uh, I'm not taking the salt like I'm supposed to. And I'm not, and all of a sudden, by the time we wrap that thing up, I was feeling pretty, like, I felt <laughs> like I, I felt really like I had the flu. That's it's no joke. You feel like your the back of your eyeballs are kind of burning. I'm kind of achy. And, and here I am, I got like two hours before I need to go out and pace Mike, you know, wow. through, yeah. through the night. And so I ended up going over to, uh, to, uh, we went um, before we're heading out to the aid station to, to catch him. I stopped in at a, at a restaurant and we had a nice, you know, steak. And then I actually was allowed to eat potatoes because I want to get some carbs into me before the actual run. And so I had some, some potatoes that were covered with cheese and bacon and stuff like that. And it was, nice. and by the, by the time that got into me and then I took some salt tabs that that keto flu was just completely gone. And I, I, man, I'm telling you what, that was probably the most carbs that potatoes I've had in like two weeks, like combined. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I felt amazing. Like I felt amazing. And, and so when I took off with Mike and, and ran with him, like I didn't eat, I, I didn't even take any of my gels or anything. Like it, I didn't need anything. It was crazy. I felt, mm. I felt like powerful and we just kept going and going and, and Mike's a machine, dude. I mean, he's 200 and he's almost, we were almost at mile 200. Um, and, uh, the guys just, we're just running, we're just running and jo you know, hiking hard and running and keeping, keeping the pace going. And, you know, super impressed to watch him, you know, he was fueling 90% of his race on juice between wow. uh, apple juice and, uh, uh, grape juice um, really yeah he would have a spring energy with him like two of them on my segment he never even took one of the spring energies out to he just he just fueled on juice so wow. how powerful is that if you can run that hard and uh sustain that on your own body fat and just trickle feed in a little bit of sugar from natural uh 100 juice mm -hmm. to keep you just the fire burning that's pretty pretty incredible that that's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. How, how far did you end up uh, pacing him? I ended up pacing him only uh, 15 miles. My, I was planning on going the next 15 with him. Um, but I had been up all night the night before doing the yeah. aid station and up early for the race start. And uh, even earlier than the race start, cause we had to set up. Um, I helped set up some for Kogala. I was there representing Kogala. And then it was just a, it was already, I already hit over, what is it, like 24, it was like 30-something hours. 30, I mean, I don't have any, any excuse. Yeah. Mike was up longer, but I was <laughs> yeah. I was hit, I was hitting the wall. And so one of the other, we had three pacers, and one of the other guys jumped in. And um, I pretty much, I was going to jump in later. And then uh, I, I, I laid down, and I was out. I was like, <laughs> I was gone. It was like you, sedated. You, you had your own endurance weekend going on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So y your first phase, you're talking about phases here. So the first phase, you said you're limiting carbs to, you know, 50. I mean, that's 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 not net carbs. That's carbs, period. Yeah. And, and how, how does it transition, you know, to the, the next couple phases? You know, what is it? What is, you know, I know I know you'll probably enjoy getting a little more variety in what you're eating, but what does it look like? So basically, uh, that's roughly that will last about four to uh, four to five weeks um to making that keto hard reset then i'll go into a, a another phase kind of like similar to a, a an adaption style phase um now this is going to be kind of like this this stage i'm going to add a little bit more carbs and it's going to look more like a paleo style diet so basically i mean i'm talking about we're adding like 30 to maybe a hundred carbs extra. So like depending on my volume. So if I'm on a big, big, big run, mm -hmm. um, I might be able to throw in some simple carbs, uh, 
during the run, like, you know, like, like your carb drink or your gels. Mm -hmm. uh, and I might be and then I'll throw in a little bit of carbs right after my run. And what that is for is to replace my glycogen storages that I burned up a little bit on a longer run. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and it doesn't take much. We're talking about like to go from 50 to 80 is like a handful of berries, you know, yeah. like it's, it's really nothing. <laughs> but so what we're doing is, I mean, honestly, is during phase one, my, I'm limited to two to three hours at the max, like uh, a run that I can do uh, comfortably uh, with almost no carbs. And I'm okay. and, and when I go out and run, I need to be going out and just going on water and salt. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it forces your body into that fat burning phase. And it gets used to going out on runs without any carbs because I've been so carb prone for so long my body's like, okay, I'm ready for you to feed me carbs. <laughs> yeah. It needs to be understanding like, hey, carbs are never going to come. We need to burn fat. Then on phase two, you add a little bit of carbs so that you can stretch out your training, but keep that same fat burning um, ability. And then you, those extra carbs also help with your recovery so that you can start building uh, training. Like right now, I'm not running every day. I'm running like every other day. My so I'm almost doing like a I'm doing a, a probably a two hour run, um, no calories, and then tomorrow I'll do a, a lifting, just really light lifting, and I I'm like feeling like I'm so hungry, but I'm but you have to keep yourself strict and keep yourself on that keto diet, and then the next day I have it back. I can go for a run again, but I've noticed that I my body doesn't like back to back to back runs just because it's not getting the carbs that it needs to recover in time in phase two i'll be able to get some of those carbs so i can do some smaller back to back runs and then put a day in between and do a big run or something like that phase okay. three is now kind of graduated from phase two and you're going to increase carbs a little bit even more there's a strategy of how to uh do a carb little bit of a carb load before uh, a big effort or a bit an event and then also a a carb uh, recovery right after an event um but okay. it's all it all varies depending on the volume so okay. and it all varies depending on the person so really in these phases you're kind of getting to know your body all over again you mm -hmm. know and what works and what doesn't yeah. Well, and, and uh, it, it makes sense. And I know uh, I've read a little bit, you know, I followed Zach Bitter and of course, Jeff, Jeff Browning and, and the, the, I mean, how this getting fat adapted has kind of just sparked his, his career, you know, I mean, he's really, he's been killing it and he's, he's not a young buck either, you know, he's, <laughs> both he's of them. It. Yeah. Both of them are taking it to a whole new level. They're, they're rewriting the whole fat adapted athlete, fat adapted scenario. I mean, they are obvious, obviously they are the guys to watch because, yeah. um, they're not just, Oh, I'm, I'm living this lifestyle of eating this. They're actually using themselves as a science experiment and dialing it in. Um, so, and just so that your listeners know, my coach is, uh, uh, my, my coach is Jeff Browning. And the reason why, I mean, I'm friends with both of them and, and uh, you and uh, Zach also coaches, and he's an incredible coach. Uh, one of the reasons why I chose Jeff for for my own personal reasons is one that he does a lot of uh, strength training, mm -hmm. and and so I kind of identify with that because that's actually my first love over even running is is weightlifting and strength training, and so I want to keep that involved. And so his his training schedule and his training plans um, have that incorporated into it. Um, he's also Mike McKnight's, uh, coach and what he's done with, I've watched what he's done over the last year with Mike and, uh, experienced uh, running with Mike and seeing the, uh, the, uh, the growth that he's, he's encountered with following, um, uh, Jeff's training plan. So, you know, obviously when you see something like that and there's, there's proof, you know, you want to you know, take advantage of that as well. So I just encourage people to reach out to either Zach or Jeff mm -hmm. if they're um, 
interested in um, having something hold their hand through this because it, it definitely is even myself I'm I find myself texting you know Jeff all the time what about this or what about this because you're just <laughs> there's all these like is this a gray area or is this you know like what you know like how, how am I supposed to approach this situation you know especially like hey I'm gonna I'm in week two of this phase one and I gotta go pace Mike what do I do you know yeah, <laughs> like right like, yeah and so kind of things like that, you know, and so it's good to have someone there to set up. It's structured. You're going to end up farther ahead than trying to figure out yourself. It'll take you months to try to figure out yourself where these guys have spent years modifying it, perfecting it and helping other people similar to each of us. And so they can, you know, keep it, keep your training and your nutrition more efficient to get the results that you need. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you talked about Jeff doing weight training and, uh, my wife and I did, uh, he posted, uh, he posted some of the videos of some of the workouts he does. And, uh, we, for a few weeks we were doing one of his, um, and yeah, it wasn't easy. <laughs> he was, no, he, no. he was breezing through them and, and, um, you know, I'm a, I got a little bit more weight on than him and I was having, I was having trouble, man. <laughs> exactly. It's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of times they're muscles that you don't, you don't necessarily use outside of running or outside of things, but it's, it's just, it's counterbalancing muscles. It's to make things that, you know, uh, and if it's hard and it's, it's making you work, that's good because you got a weakness, you got an imbalance. And so get those things strong. So once you become balanced out and stable and strong, you know, it's just going to have a result out on the trail. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you're, you're on this journey here and I want to encourage, I'll make sure and have all your, uh, your, your links in the show notes. I want to encourage everybody to follow along and, and, and just check it out. And so you're, you're hoping, I mean, you're doing this journey to get fat adapted and you've got a, a big race next year and I'm sure you would like to be kind of through all this and kind of dialed in really good, but let's talk about the, the race you got, you just announced you're doing next year. Uh, what's it called? <laughs> Tell me uh, a little bit about it. Yeah, it's called the California Untamed. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be the first year of this race. It's up in the Northern California area of Humboldt, you know, like the Humboldt area between uh, it stretches from the coast at Ar Arcata and it and it basically follows the mountain range over to uh, Mount Shasta and uh, more central uh, of, of California and so it's 330 miles and it's gonna it's gonna be a variety of, of terrain and um, it, it, it looks like a wild ride and it's just really for me the appeal is obviously the distance and yeah. uh just something new and then also supporting a if you look at the organization if you if somebody goes to their website they are super involved with the uh, forest service and the um basically like the adventure district up in that area and the tourism and they really want to have a race that brings and highlights uh, the California, uh, area up there and what this, you know, um, wilderness has to offer people. Cause everybody thinks California and they go South and they go LA and they, maybe they go central, but I think, uh, Northern California gets quite overlooked and mm. which allows to have this untamed remote race, you know? And, uh, so we're going to be going from like lookout tower to lookout tower that stretches all the way across the Northern uh, uh, California area. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about being involved the very first year. I'm, I like to boast that, uh, I've been involved with, uh, destination trail, the, uh, 200s ever since the very first Tahoe 200, uh, their first event that I ever missed was this past Tahoe 200 because I was, um, on an adventure in France. And, uh, but other than that, I've been to every Bigfoot, every tahoe and every uh moab event since the 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 beginning and it's a it's i i think it's an especial these hard gritty races are, are are special events yeah when when uh i hadn't heard of the california untamed until you posted that you were you know you were going to be doing it and I, I started reading and i i walked up to my wife and i was like look at this look at this and she's like oh my goodness you're gonna want to do this one now too so it looks do it, it looks sign like sign up uh i mean they also have i mean if it's one of those things hey i want to go just do a recon type thing they uh -huh. actually have two other divisions they have a three-person relay division which you still get over a hundred miles each so it's not just 
a relay for like, you know, a weekend warrior, it's an ultra relay. It's an actual, they'll, everybody, those three people come out with a, over a hundred mile race. And then they have a six man re, a relay and each one of those people will come out with a 50 mile race. So it's, it's a new concept. I mean, you get this distance that's, that's this, this large and you have these three different categories, the elite solos, the, the three man and the six man, it mm -hmm. opens it up to um, bring a lot more people that want to be a part of it. And, you know, maybe this year you're part of the six man and next year you're part of the three man. And then the next year after that, you go for the whole, the whole enchilada and be a solo elite. And it's it, those pushing yourself for that long of time. It's a, it, it changes the way you, your outlook on life. It mm -hmm. changes the way how you interact with your family, how you interact with your coworkers. You know, it brings more patience and brings, you know, people become more humble when they've put themselves through a struggle like that and then come out the other side. It, you know, I think, I think we're, we're you know, ultra, the ultra community is creating better humans. Yeah, I, think I, I, I think I've said that a couple of times. Yeah, no, but it's, I mean, it's, it's true. It's true. You know, uh, and, but I mean, you've done, um, you did the spine race, right? That's 268 miles. And, and this is, I mean, this is a whole new, new ball of wax for you in, in one effort, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of interesting. I haven't posted it online just yet. Cause I'm not officially signed up. I'm oh, working, okay. Okay. I'm working with, or no, no, no. I'm, I am, for the for the California Untamed, but I have okay. another race that I have this February, and it's 310 miles, and it's actually um, it's probably going to be the hardest race that I've ever done, and that's just because it's in Belgium in the winter time, so it's going to be the spine itself is a qualifier for this race. Oh wow! And so <laughs> right now I'm the only American going, or at least the only American stupid enough to to, to, to go. <laughs> Oh, wow but That's... it's it's gonna be you know it's just you know that that deep down question inside you hey can i do that i wonder if i can do that and you never know unless you go over and try it you know i might One... completely fall on my face but that's okay <laughs> at least you tried yeah and 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 that's you know that's kind of been made my journey and the journey of a lot of people you know i did a did a hundred miles and of course like my my parents and family were like you know just stick to the twenty six point two and then then i went and did tahoe two hundred and they were like just stick to a hundred you know it's like <laughs> but i always feel like there's something something more you know there's there's i could have gone another step you know and and it's amazing just to see what the potential God's put in us to to just keep moving and you know um, breaking down those barriers, man. And uh, man, I just uh, I'm looking forward to just to see what happens with this this 330 miles, man. That's pretty that's pretty big. And doesn't it go through like three national forests or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's three different national forests up there that it's gonna it's gonna pass through. I was gonna ask you after your uh, after your 200, have you ran any shorter distances like the 50 or, I mean, obviously you ran the, uh, the Western States, but have you ever ran like just even a 50 since? Uh, no, I, I hadn't done any 50 since, but I've done. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> but let's just, then let's say your Western States, when you went into Western States, was your approach to it? It's only a hundred miles. I've done two. It's only a hundred. It's half of that. I mean, was that, that thought process in your mind? Oh yeah, yeah. It 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 changes the way you look at things, and and totally, totally, yeah. I, I mean, I knew it was going to be tough because of dealing with the specifics of Western states and the heat and some of those climbs. But in my, I was much more confident because, um, because I had done 200 miles around Lake Tahoe, you know, and and so yeah, it changes the par whole paradigm of of what what you're capable of. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it changes the way you you approach a a, a situation. If you're approaching some a farther distance, like I'm, if I approach, obviously I've gone 305 miles so far is the farthest I've gone with okay. the Wasatch Tahoe, and I approach like the 310, and I go well you know, it's only five miles farther. So I think it's only five miles farther that, or that's not, that's not too bad, you know, and I've done, I've done the spine in, in similar conditions and, you know, it's only 50, you know, 40 miles farther than that one. So, okay. You know, and so it's, it's just this little chunk, but for somebody that might've only done a marathon and then you go, Oh, it's 
310 miles and they're like that's <laughs> like 10 times farther yeah than a marathon i can't even you can't comprehend it so there's like your you your view your perception of the distance is completely different and so when you're at when you've ran your 200 and you look back at western states and you're like it's only 100 miles you are approaching that with a different experience your your experience and your uh, I like to think of it as like a rubber band and it's stretched out. And so that distance doesn't even stretch your rubber band to its full capacity. It's only like half of it. Yes, there's points of failure. Yes, you have to still be aware of all the different things and plan accordingly and respect the distance. But you have that self-confidence that and the that you know that you can you can you can do this. And so I mean if people aren't stretching their their that that self-confidence and their their perception if they're not trying to step out of that comfort zone into a, a little bit of a farther distance you know whether it's in running or whether it's in work or you know if they're not trying to grow that, that this really comes down to human growth if we're not trying mm -hmm. to grow we're just staying stagnant and i think when you stay stagnant you actually become kind of weaker in a, in a way because you think about a yeah. gym if you if you went into the gym and you worked out and you started to increase your your uh, max or your you know your growth and then you hit uh, a goal and you stopped you're like oh I got 300 <laughs> on bench I'm gonna just completely stop now I'm done and if you stop if you go back in you're not gonna even bench 300 ever again unless you start you got to keep either going a farther or you have to keep maintaining or you you know. And so there's a point of like, do you want to keep growing or are you okay with where you are or you're going to go backwards? But at some point in time, you still have to keep moving forward or something. And, you know, I'm not just trying to tell everybody, hey, keep running as far as you can. I just, it just keep, if you have that desire to achieve something, keep moving towards it and don't just stay stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, the, I was going to say that there's a, there's a balance there because, um, you know, after having done Tahoe and I did Western States and then I went into uh, a, a race recently, a uh, hundred miler, and I actually went in, uh, didn't plan as meticulously as I normally do. And, and um, I ended up, and there were some other factors in there with some sickness and everything else, but ended up DNFing um, at mile 52. And like you said, you still have to respect the distance, you know, and remember yep. what got you there. And and not uh, take it for granted that you can go out and just you know I'm just gonna go lollygag through a hundred miler, but but uh but still you, you there's still that healthy confidence that you know hey look I can still plan and 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 go do it I have a um have another hundred miler this weekend and I'm looking for redemption on that oh so, wow yeah 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 but um but anyway yeah so so I I I think too many people settle like you said um and they they're just not pushing they don't they're comfortable and not that it's, you know, terrible to be comfortable. Um, but to, to just stay content with where you are and be comfortable, you don't grow there. You know, um, the, there needs to be, needs to be some adversity. And like you said, in this, when you're pushing through and doing these trail things and, and making yourself better, um, you're becoming a better person. And uh, I a hundred percent agree with that. Well, Ben, um, so you've done uh, quite a few races here and there, and I mean, you've done some tough things, and I'll be, I'll post some of the links of the videos online of, of um, you've chronicled some of your adventures, and, and man, I just want to give you kudos for, for being real in those videos, man, because obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you've gone through some pain and agony, and it's obvious on your face, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know how you can fake it during an ultra, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's as real, as real as it gets, man. <laughs> I always say it's very raw. It's very yeah. raw. So. Yeah. That, that's the word I used when I finished, um, the Tahoe 200. I, you know, after doing a few hundreds and, and it, if you, they'll rub you pretty raw, you know, doing that, but boy, uh, crossing the finish line at the Tahoe 200, I, I, I had a new level, <laughs> new yep. level of, of, of just raw emotion at the end there. So, out of, out of the races that you've done, which, I mean, which one are you most, and I use the word, um, not in a negative sense, but which one are you, 
are you most proud of that you that you've accomplished that you that you did whether no matter where you placed or whatever um which one are you you know you just just glad you got it knocked out and just feel good about it um i'm i'm probably two and when i say this is a single race it would be the spine the spine okay. itself uh the year i went two years and didn't finish it the first year ran and uh, had some complications and and just like you know I, I made the the right call, the humbling decision to pull out t- right towards the end, but I was up against mm. the, some pretty bad conditions. But then I, I took what I learned and I went back and I actually completed it in like the races, you know, record year of worst conditions and the worst conditions, you know, Britain has seen in 30 years <laughs> it, during that race. And I was, it was, I there's points in that, in that race that I felt that if I was to stop, I would probably lose my life wow. um, because of how cold it was and the, the extreme conditions that we were in. And so it took, it took a, the mental push to a whole new level of, uh, I need to survive this. And, uh, it became, um, more intimate with my inner self than just, uh, I'm uncomfortable. I want to quit. It's I want to survive. And, um, yeah. And so that has a special place in in my heart. It's probably the hardest single race I've ever done. Um, the next to that would be the triple crown. And just because even though you have three weeks in between three and a half weeks in between each of the races, um, but it's, it feels like one long (laughs) race continuously just from a, a training and a recovery and running standpoint that um, you don't finish the triple crown unless you finish all three races. So even if you finish your first two races, you still haven't finished the triple crown until you finish that third race. So you still haven't accomplished your goal until you finish the whole, the whole series. And so there's a lot and there's a lot of sacrifices. And I think the bigger sacrifice you make and then any type of and your family makes. So mm. like it, like, I think there's a, there's something to, you know, uh, maybe even a uh, podcast for you in the future would be talking about that balance between, you know, a family life, work life, and your passion life of ultra running and how important yeah. it is to keep that, that balance and healthy it is. Uh, but when you're, when you're sacrificing, your family sacrificing and Mm -hmm. they care for you. They're emotionally tied into it as well. They want dad or mom to come home or, you know, our, our husband or wife or whoever, you know, uh, son and daughter, you know, they, they are, they're out there with you at some extent and they want the best for you and they're emotionally involved. And so, um, that triple crown is definitely something uh, when I finished it, I had, I obviously I get a triple crown award. I get three belt buckles, but here's my wife that crewed me on all three of the races. That was supportive. <laughs> that was up in the night trying to get, you know, me prepped and my bags changed to make sure she wakes me up after my short nap and gets me back out and then drives to the next area sets up. I mean, it's, it's an entire sacrifice in itself. And so I made sure me and actually Mike McKnight that year, we had custom necklaces made for our wives nice. in, in gratitude um, for uh, their sacrifice that the, and their support that they give to us. That There's no way we could have, you know, accomplished what we accomplished without the love and support of, of our wives. And and, and for me, and I think Mike would say the same thing is our families are our why, you know, mm-hmm. they're, yeah. uh, they're our driving force and going into a big event like the spine and like the triple crown or a 200. Um, the first thing I do when I, when I, I, I've coached a couple of different athletes. Um, and I said, the first thing you need to do is find out your why, why are you doing this? And what is driving you? Because it's going to drive you to have that self-discipline during training. And then it's going to drive you when all hell is coming down upon you during the middle of that race and you want to quit. Mm. It's going to be the deciding factor of why you don't quit and Mm. why you keep pushing through that discomfort and that pain and driving you towards that finish line. And so 
this if we all need our whys in work and in our home life and in our our passions of ultra running and uh we need to be strengthening those whys and nurturing those whys and so anytime i take away from my family with my ultra running i'm kind of hurting my own why so that balance that balance is so important yeah at, at, you know, when it comes down to it, you, you've probably been there too. When you're you're just the lowest of low, uh, a buckle is not all that shiny. You know, you got to have a deeper why than a buckle. <laughs> so. all, all my buckles, I have one buckle on my belt buckle that I wear to church every every Sunday, or in my it's like one of my favorite Tahoe 200 buckles. But all yeah. everything else is in a box in the basement. I don't have <laughs> like it's it's tangible. The, the greatest gift from these 200s is what's inside of us, and that, that's non-tangible, and you can't give that to anybody. No one – everybody – you hand a belt buckle to somebody else. They pick up that belt buckle. They don't get the flood of emotions mm. that and the sacrifice and the grit that went into actually <laughs> earning that thing. Yeah. But if you were to lose that thing, that belt buckle, you still have that all inside of you. No one can take it away, and you know, it's, it's, that's, that's what you take with you after this life. Love it. Love it. That's right on, man. Well, uh, Ben, I wanted to, uh, I, I like to, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but um, I like to kind of finish up with a, with a few things where kind of like a, a real quick points on, on what gear you're using and, and different things like that. So um, okay. I think, I think I know the first one, but uh, what trail shoes are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> Ultras, Ultras have changed my life now. There you go. <laughs> so with that said, Everybody comes to me and asks me, oh, I, I'm, I'm about to get new shoes. I'm going to get some ultras. You know, my, my word of advice to anybody is your feet are the same as your eyes. Everybody has a different prescription. Everybody has. And so you have to figure out what works for you. And it's what works for me is not going to be for someone else. My prescription is the zero <laughs> drop wide toe box. And um, before I got into running, I couldn't run. And I always tried to look at uh, cardio in a different way, like swimming, biking, everything. Because every time I ran, I have degenerative arthritis in my lower back and my, mm. and uh, they wanted to put me in like foot beds and that hit, hurt my knees. And for like years, I kept on trying to play with trying to figure out how I could, uh, you know, run more than a mile without feeling like I'm about to die or fall apart. And it wasn't until the instincts, the very first instincts came out, um, I put on a pair and they're, they're great. And so then I started to run on the treadmill and they never hurt. Like I used to do a warm up before weightlifting. And then I started to run to the gym and back to the gym. And then I started to run like six miles. And then all of a sudden I was running 12 miles and, um, I was building strength and it, it was literally ultra opened the doors and the possibility and the potential for me to ultra running i have tried other shoes again like maybe hey maybe this shoe would still work and yeah anything with a rise anything greater than a four four percent you know rise in the rear my knees start throbbing my back starts hurting Mm. and stuff like that so with that said uh ultra is is my my go-to shoe um, all my brands that I, that, that I endorse or an ambassador for are brands that I used first and then reached out to them to see if I could. So I don't represent anything that I don't believe in. So, um, if you want to go from feet up, uh, I am a dry max lover by heart for my socks. Mm-hmm. I use, uh, I use uh, squirrels, nut, nut butter for, for my extremities and also they have their, uh, their feet, uh, their happy toes for, mm-hmm. for my toes. And then I use path projects for my undershorts and my shorts. I think that they have the best undershorts on the market. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I use a variety of different, uh, outerwear for my shirts, just depending on what I'm, what I'm doing. But my favorite right now, um, is, uh, is actually the ultra button up plaid shirt. Cause I'm definitely a plaid runner racer. And I've, I've got one of those, those, those they're comfortable, man. <laughs> oh yeah. They stretch everything. You can't yeah. beat it. So anytime a race I'll be in a, I try to 
plaid shirt unless it's a winter race. Um, and then uh, Kogala is the light I use at night. Uh, I don't, I don't, you ran, you ran with us. Did you, uh, at Western at night, did you remember how bright me and uh, Dion had? Yeah, I, thought I, I thought I was about to get run over by a car. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's bright, man. <laughs> yeah. I think it's redefining how we run at night is, is the Kogala light. And they've been a big support for me. Um, and then, I mean, nutrition wise, I use Martin, um, uh, uh, their their gels and their uh, carb drinks um, really easy on my gut uh, for my weightlifting uh, and for my daily like nutrition I use uh, two different companies one gnarly nutrition um, super clean sports nutrition and then um, all my vitamins and uh, all the difference you know keeping my muscles and my ligaments and everything is is basically natural athlete. And, and then my gear is probably, uh, it's definitely, a uh, uh, raid light, um, raid light, uh, packs. Um, and some of them, even their clothing, their tech clothing, and, uh, they have a lot of innovative stuff. And so I could probably go on forever cause I, <laughs> it's crazy. But like if anybody on my links, if any, most all my spot, spot, uh, all my, uh, products that I endorse, if you use my Instagram uh, handle, which is ultra light 007, it's a promo code to get either like, you know, a range from 25% off to like 15% off. Oh, here's a really good, and this is, I mean, amp, if you amp human or amp, uh, P, amp human, which is PR lotion, that stuff's a game changer. Really? Um, if you, Mike, Mike used it. I actually introduced it to Mike at Bigfoot. I gave him a bottle and I'm like, dude, you need to try this. And so he came in at mile 60. He's like, man, my legs are getting tanked. They're starting to get heavy. I'm like, did you put on the amp? And he's like, no. And it, you kind of like, you're like, what? Like a lotion. Is it really going to work? Oh my gosh. Does it work? It's, it works so well. You could almost think it's like cheating in a way. It works so well. <laughs> what just, is it? <laughs> so what it is, it's just lotion that goes on your legs or on the muscles and it, it has bicarbonate in it, and bicarbonate helps flush lactic acid. So it just makes it so that you flush lactic acid out of your legs so your legs don't get built up with lactic acid. So it helps during activity, and it helps with uh, recovery of activity. And it's not like steroids or anything. You're not, not going to be like, oh, I can run five seconds faster. <laughs> it's more like I can run longer and still feel not as fatigued. That's all it is. It's an anti-fatigue. So gotcha. we started to put that on his legs at mile 60. He came in at the next aid station and was like, what was that stuff? What was that <laughs> stuff? Like, I felt like within like halfway through my run, my legs felt fresh again. I felt like nothing, like I was just starting my run. And so we applied at, for, for, from the Moab or from the, the, the Bigfoot all the way to the Moab at almost every aid station, he applied the amp human or the, the PR lotion onto his legs, every aid station. And wow. it's, it's incredible. I mean, I, man, anybody can ping me about it. I, I, I vouch for that stuff like by far. And, uh, it's, it's changed my training. It's changed everything. It's, it's pretty incredible stuff. I'm gonna have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I reached out to them and started communication with them. And so they, they, they agreed to have my, my Instagram handle as a, as a discount code too. So, you know, don't take my word for it or <laughs> order a bottle and have it blow your mind. Nice. And, and uh, what are you doing for GPS, man? What are you wearing oh, on your wrist? Oh, Garmin. Okay. <laughs> I, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about the Koros, but at the same time, like I've, I've had, so I haven't had experience with Koros, so I can't speak of it. I like the price point of the Koros, I like what they're doing in the uh, marketplace or in the sport and in the uh, in community. Mm -hmm. you can't, I mean, they, they're getting involved. They're sponsoring things. Uh, there's actually Koros came on as a title sponsor for the 330 for the uh, California oh, wow. Untamed. Um, I like their business plan. I like their, um, I don't know about their project as well. All my friends, I mean, I'm friends with Hayden Hawks and Hayden swears by it. 
he's pretty much their poster child, but hey, he, he loves it. And I've, and there's a ton of people out at the 200, this, this Moab 200 that were using it. And they only had to charge their watch once through the whole entire thing. Mm. And these aren't the front runners. These guys are like mid packers to back of the pack. So they were out there even longer. So there's yeah. something to be said by that. However, with the, uh, with the Garmin, um, I, I use Garmin on my, my tri bike. I use Garmin on my spot tracker, their, in reach. I use Garmin on everything. And so when it comes to a, a software that reaches across all the different sports that I play and the adventures that I do, yeah. it's, it's hard to, you know, I even have the, the power on my bike is Garmin. And so it, and it's never, fa- it's never failed me. So, right it's 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 hard it's i'm 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 intrigued by koros but at the same time garmin's been there and had my back the entire time i navigated the entire uh spine race on garmin and i navigated it on uh the uh top the, the second part of the top the tahoe 200 on the wasatch tahoe i i ran it without flags i had to run it on my oh. on my gpx file you know wow. so I, yeah. I ran the whole course not having flagging so if you think about that and it was able to find my way in the, in the, in the, the time frame that I, that I did it in. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> oh man. Well, Ben, thanks so much, man. I, I, I just really glad to get you on and uh, want people to, to just see what you're doing and be encouraged and be challenged. And, um, man, I just look forward to watching the adventures, man, that you got going on. Oh, I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. Thanks for reaching out and, Man, I'm I'm excited for you know this podcast that you're that you've created and and I think these these podcasts that that are out there inspiring and helping others to you know to reach their full potential and so that's 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 how I and I'm still learning I mean that's how I learned what I know and that's I I I still learn things from people that haven't even ran a hundred miles and yeah. there's there's everybody has experience to be learned from and to, and, you know, and to be shared. Exactly. Exactly. Well, man, I hope, uh, I hope to catch some, catch some trail with you again, man, and uh, <laughs> do some running again. I'm sure we'll see each other at a race at some point. <laughs> I thought, yes, yes, for sure. Our, it's, it's a, our paths will cross. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Take care. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right, that's another episode of the Run the Riot podcast done. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, As always, you can check out some of the information that we talked about, links to the races, uh, links to Ben's uh, social media uh, accounts are found in the show notes. If you go to www.runtheriot.run and just click on the episode uh, that has Ben Light on it, and you can find out all the information there. Uh, also, once again, like and subscribe. Uh, you can also follow the Run the Riot podcast on, uh, we have a Facebook page, and also on uh, Instagram. So just look that up, man. Do a search for it. I think it's at Run the Riot Podcast on Instagram, and just do a search for the Run the Riot Podcast on the Facebook. Yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Hope you have a great week, and uh, next week, got another one coming. <laughs>